Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who came to work. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never pretended to care about police officers. President Biden, head of the party that tried to defund the police, pulling an about face yesterday and saying it is Republicans who've never had they're back. Don't you have any respect for yourself? I guess the answer would be no. We will tell you why a 35-year high in murders, that was the spike last year, did not get the president to budge, but midterm polling did. This is politics as usual. Uh, you ain't kidding. Uh, we will discuss it with Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist, as well as Charles McBee, head writer for Hell of a Week on Comedy Central, the show hosted by Charlemagne the God. McBee, not only a phenomenal comedian and a black one at that, but a man who has always come on this show and recognized the importance of police. Why? Because he's not a moron. Bingo. 888-788-9910 if you're not a moron. Or if you are, uh, you probably fit in pretty well with the staff of this show. I kid, uh, but we're fired up. It's a big Wednesday. If you watched me yesterday on The Five, thank you. Uh, I posted clips on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Also posted clips of last night's appearance on Gutfeld, hosted by the great Dana Perino. Uh, I will be on Waters World tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and before we dive into the show, that's all the shameless plugging I'll do, uh, Banana Stand Apparel up in Burlington, Vermont. Gosh, I hope you're listening, okay, because you did something really wonderful in the Fela House this week. You know, if you remember, we were there, we were in Vermont for an event with our, our affiliate WVMT, the best of the best. Uh, and we had a great outing at the Spanked Puppy. And I'm just reminding uh, you of these details because I know my producer, Mikey, doesn't remember any of them. He was <laughs> somewhere at a bar getting cut off. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Well, he's not fat, uh, but the other two. Okay, but stick with me. Uh, Banana Stand Apparel up in Burlington, Vermont, sent Lincoln a sweatshirt. Uh, Lincoln Fallon, my 13-year-old son. And it has become the sweatshirt. Like Jenny demanded that I give this shout-out. If you've ever raised a teenage boy... You know they find an item that if they, it agrees with them, they just never take it off, like ever. So he's been wearing this sweatshirt 
for about 10 days now. I was on the road doing stand-up, so I just didn't know. But every time I've FaceTimed them, every time I've called them, this morning when I was leaving at 3 a.m. to come to work, I stopped by Lincoln's room to shut off the TV, and he's wearing this damn sweatshirt. So I asked Jenny on the way in, I said, what, what is the, and she's like, oh, that's a banana stand apparel sweatshirt. Uh, they had sent it from the radio station. So congratulations uh, to banana stand apparel. Uh, and thank you because my wife hasn't had to do laundry for about a week and a half because Lincoln won't take it off or take a shower is what's going on. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Now that was uncalled for. Uh, we will not be giving shout outs, though, as we start the program uh, to Joe Biden and this garbage pivot to support the cops. And I'll start there. We covered this at the tippy top of the five yesterday. It's probably the closest I've come to dropping an F-bomb on live TV. I have pretty good discipline when you sit me on live TV because, I'm again, I'm so stunned that I'm doing any of this stuff. You know, it's three and a half million people watching that show. So for me, it's like more of a drinking story. I come in with that mentality, and I could screw it up at any second. Again, I was not supposed to be here doing this. This is just the way, you know, the ball has bounced in the last couple of years. Uh, But the point is, when I watched Biden live pretend with a straight face that his party was the party that actually supports the police. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, I think it went beyond that. I was staring at the TV going full Judge Janine. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Judge Janine yesterday, and to her credit, she was right to feel this way. It was like, you remember when Hulk Hogan used to snap in those interviews with Mean Gene Okerlund? Well, you know Mean Gene, we gotta, you know. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. I mean, she lost it. I was right there with her emotionally. Because you gotta understand, Judge Janine, who is so keenly aware of the negative consequences of the vilification of police. Why? She's a judge. She's seen criminals come and go in the system. She's seen so many people suffer. She's seen how disgusting and vile and what a threat real criminals are to society. And she's smart enough to know, as any reasonable people is, that there's just no world where the cops pose a greater threat to society than the criminals they've sworn to protect us against. But that was the defund movement for 20 uh, from 2020 and beyond. Democrats got out there every day with a straight face and said, we got to get rid of the cops. Okay, and Joe Biden can tell you otherwise. But here you go. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. So that's the vice president, Kamala Harris, 
Here's her boss, Joe Biden, yesterday in Wilkes-Barre in Scranton saying, I don't know why. I don't know why, but public trust in the police is, is all screwed up. I don't understand. Here it is, clip four. As we've seen too often, public trust is frayed and is broken, and it undermines public safety when it gets frayed. It literally undermines safety. Increased trust makes policing more effective, and it strengthens public safety. And the communities, by the way, that want the police more than any other community are the tough, poor communities. Black, white, immigrants, they need the help. They want the help. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Yo, they don't get away with this. Okay, right now, as I'm on the air with you, Democrats considered for the past two years, they considered it a hate crime to wear a Blue Lives Matter T-shirt. I admire your honesty. Bottom line, Blue Lives Matter, that's a hate crime. That's a slandering of black lives. You can't do that. That's what they did. Do you understand? It was a hate crime to wear a Blue Lives Matter. It was considered a hate crime to say don't kill cops. That's bad. They canceled the show Live PD. Do you remember that? We can't have shows that portray cops in a favorable light because it's hiding the dangers that they pose to the communities. Dude, they wanted to cancel the dog from Paw Patrol. I have an op-ed about this. I just read it. I wrote it for FoxNews.com two and a half years ago when they were running cops off the air. They were running live PD off the air. And Democrats were like, oh, hell no. We don't want to see any shows where cops are the good guys. That can't go on. Okay, and here they are with a straight face going, hey, we're the party that supports the police. Democrats are so full of crap. They're the party that supports doing something to stop their sliding poll numbers. Crime is a top two issue heading into the midterms. Understand, in the year 2021, not the year we're living in, in the year 2021, the murder rate spiked by 35% nationally. Did the Democrats say a word about supporting the police? The answer would be no. But here we are, okay, a little bit more than two months from the midterms, and Biden's out there with his badge and gun on saying, go get him, boys, it's your sheriff. I'm Joe Biden. I got your back. Biden sucks. He's really bad at this because it is a pretend pivot. But if you were going to pivot, you should have pivot like two months ago, three months ago, so it wouldn't have looked as obvious. Okay, we're heading into Labor Day weekend. You know what starts the day after Labor Day? The drive to the midterms. The day after Labor Day, every single news outlet, including the one I work at, is going to be doing about 80% midterm coverage. Okay, so they know why they're doing this. But understand, it is a pivot, and it is a disgusting pivot. This is a party that justified the burning down of police stations. Remember when they were burning down the police station in the near north of Minneapolis? Remember when they torched the police station in Seattle? They allowed them to establish an autonomous zone, a pretend country called CHOP. And they're like, we got to do this because the cops are so racist, people don't feel safe. So, you know, we got to get out there. We got to support this kind of uprising because a riot is the language of the unheard. That's what the Democrats said. They would quote Martin Luther King. You know, they don't support Martin Luther King when he says, I want to live in a country where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. No, in the Democratic Party, the color of your skin is now everything. It's identity politics. But they'll they'll, they'll co-sign Martin Luther King when he says a riot is the language of the unheard. What they won't acknowledge is that the reason all of these people feel unheard is because they're located in cities that have been run by Democrats for 50 straight years. 
Yo, this is infuriating. And don't forget, for Joe Biden saying, oh, public trust in the police is frayed. When Derek Chauvin was found guilty of kneeling on George Floyd's neck, something we all condemned, every cop condemned, because good cops don't want bad cops out there, because they do undermine trust. They do make it infinitely harder for good cops to do their job. And they do make society a lot less safe in the process, because when you further the divide between police and the communities they are sworn to protect, everyone is less safe as a result. They're less likely to cooperate with the police when they need help solving a case. They're less likely to be arrested peacefully, which is what ultimately is the leading contributor to every one of these deaths. Whenever you burn down a city and loot a Nike store and parade up and down on the room on the on the TV cameras while CNN is telling us it's a mostly peaceful protest. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But every single time this has happened in our country, every time it has happened. Are you ready? It has happened after a person who should not have died, who we didn't want to die, who we are not happy died. But it has happened after a person resisted arrest. That's true. That is true. Okay. George Floyd resisted arrest. Shouldn't be dead. But it's worth noting you shouldn't have resisted arrest. Why? Because the odds of you dying, the odds of something going wrong, they change exponentially when you get violent with law and order. Okay, when you go for a cop's gun, when you attack a cop with a knife, think about Jacob Blake. Think about how disgusting Joe Biden and the Democrats are and how shamelessly transactional this pivot is. Jacob Blake, okay, according to the Democrats, this is right after the George Floyd killing, okay, which, by the way, the George Floyd killing led to a media feeding frenzy against cops. We had Rashard Brooks down at Atlanta, guy who fell asleep, got a DUI at a drive through. Okay, when the cops went to arrest him, he got in a fist fight with him, stole their taser and got shot. And everybody was like, see, racism. No, they didn't see a guy punching a cop in the face and stealing the taser. They just saw race. Okay, the Democrats ran with that. They supported those protests down in Atlanta. And when the Jacob Blake thing went down, understand Jacob Blake, okay, is a myth. The Democrats, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they both ran with the myth that when Jacob Blake... Okay, a man who sexually assaulted a woman at knife point in front of her child and attempted to abduct that child, who then fought with the cops with a knife in his hand. The Democrats ran with the narrative that Jacob Blake was the victim and nobody listening right now, not a single solitary person, knows the name of the woman he assaulted. That is correct. She's not the victim. That's not in there. In the Democratic worldview, when they had their convention, Remember this. When they had their convention in Milwaukee in the summer of 2020, Joe Biden was there. He accepted the nomination uh, for the Democratic Party. I don't remember that ever happening. But when they had that convention, okay, they visited Jacob Blake. This guy's a hero. This guy's a martyr. This man who pulled a knife on a woman and sexually assaulted her in front of her kid, both of whom were black. The Democrats ran with the narrative that he was only shot Because of the color of his skin. Cops didn't see a knife. They didn't see a woman. They didn't see a child. No, 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 no. Cops saw all of those things. You know who didn't see those things? The Democrats. Why didn't they see those things? Because it wasn't politically expedient to support the cops in that moment. That's who they are. Okay, and when you tell me, oh, Joe Biden, I've always had the cops back. Joe Biden was firing cops for not being vaccinated. If you want to talk about supporting the rule of law and keeping people safe, I promise you, 
If you're getting mugged tonight, you're not going to call 911 and go, hey, can you send a, an un, a vaccinated cop? You know, there's a guy here with a knife. I, I, I'd hate to catch COVID. So if you could send over a vaccinated cop to do something about this, I, I'm far more concerned with catching COVID than I am a knife to the spleen. Come on, man. But he got out there yesterday with a straight face. Said, ah, it's Republicans didn't want to fund the police. Because what Democrats do is they attach unpopular ideas to popular ones. Okay? Climate change. Nobody will support climate change on its own, so they passed it in what? An Inflation Reduction Act. People want to reduce inflation. That's popular. So they voted for a bill that says it'll reduce inflation, but it won't. But the Democrats get their way with climate change. Their $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill, which didn't even allocate 9% of its money to COVID. That is financial lunacy. Also included about 100 bucks in funding for the police. So Biden can get out there and say, oh, look, Republicans voted against funding the police. That popular thing they didn't support. No, no. It's because it was attached to something far less popular and far more expensive. Okay, Joe Biden can tell you he supports the police. He might not have got out of bed today and decided he did. I have no idea. But they don't get away with this. They do not get away with four years of telling us the cops are racist because it literally got people killed. And they did it in the name of what? Protecting the black community. But you want to know who died the most? Okay, since the cops were defunded and they literally cut billions of dollars in funding. It was the black community by people like Joe Biden who purported to care about them. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Seriously, Joe Biden, you. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What would you do with the brain if you had one? That was the mantra. Defund the police has to happen because we're trying to save lives. What an idiot. (laughs) No, no, no. What we got to do is we got to get rid of the cops because the streets will be safer. That's stupid. Use your common sense. If you follow me on radio or TV, I have been saying, I have been saying for two years, defund the police are the three stupidest words I've ever heard defund the police. I, the only thing I can compare it to, uh, only other three words is I voted Biden. Come on, man. No, seriously. Defund the police. Three stupidest words I've ever heard. But the old saying is what? 
When you have the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. Okay, Democrats called police racist for years and years. I've given you those facts. But now I'm going to give you the facts on police and whether or not they're really racist and what their interactions with minority communities look like on paper. We'll get into that next on Fox Across America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they say? When you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Okay. Put up or shut up. We're going to put up, but we're not shutting up. You want to know why? Because the Democrats have pounded the table on racist cops forever. Don't ever forget, when Derek Chauvin was found guilty for killing George Floyd, a man who resisted arrest, a man who once pulled a knife on a pregnant woman, okay, a man who did have a lifetime supply of fentanyl in his body, Okay, again, I, I'm not saying he should have died. I'm not saying I'm on board with kneeling on his neck for eight and a half minutes. But I am acknowledging that he played a role in his own demise by getting violent with cops. And I am acknowledging that every good, decent cop in this country said it was a garbage move by Derek Chauvin again and again and again. Guys who want to be cops, girls who want to be cops. These are heroes, man. These are heroes. These are people who growing up, understood the balance between good and evil, gravitated towards comic book movies, gravitated towards police movies, gravitated towards Westerns where justice was served. And it imbued them, you know, with a sense of purpose that said, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to protect people. I'm going to take risks. I am going to be a hero. That's what a lot of them say. They're willing to step up and make plays with the game on the line. Okay, that's who these people are. They're the NFL referees of life and that they have to make millions of split-second decisions every week, and we only judge the calls we don't agree with. After watching instant replay while sitting in a neoclassical position, eating Cheetos on a couch, staring at our phone, we decide who's a good person and who should die in prison, minus the full context, with the wind blowing at our back from social media, that is always urging us to agree with the mob mentality to destroy someone we know nothing about, it somehow became acceptable for every corporation in America to decide that the cops were racist. They did that in the summer of 2020. Don't ever forget, I was writing op-eds losing my mind at the idea that the NFL and Major League Baseball were going to slander the same cops who they were counting on to protect their sporting events. What the hell is the world coming to? Yeah, don't mind us kneeling at the start of the game, uh, surrounded by cops. No, we're gonna, we just want to highlight how awful these cops are that we're counting on to protect us while we make $30 million a year to play a child's game. Okay, they did that. You're not supposed to forget that, man. This is not a Republican talking. This is American. This is a person. This is a dad, okay, who is you know, hyper aware of the role this stuff has on society. But what, again, was the narrative back then? The cops are racist. So here you go. Okay, it's from the Wall Street Journal. This is the last year we have available to us because they want you to believe again and again and again that the cops are racist. That's what they told us, okay? There are over 800,000 law enforcement officers in the U.S. right now, over 800,000 of them. Sadly, 135 of them killed in the line of duty, the most recent year we have available to us, uh, which is actually 2020. Uh, As Heather McDonald writes in the Wall Street Journal, uh, police fatally shot nine unarmed black men that year, shot 19 
unarmed white men in that same year. This is according to the Washington Post database. So are they shooting more black people than white people? The answer would be no. Not even kind of close. Not even a little bit close. And what do every one of these men shot by police have in common? Are you ready for it? Oh, man, this is a lot, but you're going to have to work with me. Okay. They were all resisting arrest. Bingo. Not good. Okay. I'm not saying they should have died, but let's acknowledge this is a human interaction where one person shows up with the law and the authority to actually right a wrong and bring someone into justice. The other person, the criminal, the perpetrator, gets violent with that official. If you think you're on the right side of this argument for supporting the criminal, you're an idiot. Okay? But let's get into more facts. Okay? In the last available year we have available to at our disposal, there were 7,407 black homicide victims. That's horrific. 7,407 black people died. Okay? Are we saying a word, a word about that crime in the media? The answer would be no. No, because it's not politically viable. They don't care. 7,407 black people go out and kill 7,407 other black people. They don't care. Who cares? We can't run on that. That's not a message. You know, systemic racism, that's a message. Remember, when George Floyd, okay, was killed by Derek Chauvin and and the jury found Derek Chauvin guilty, Joe Biden got out there and said what? Oh, the blinders have been ripped off for the world to see just how systemically racist our cops are. Garbage like you just makes me sick. But here is Joe Biden again saying we got to fund the police now. This is clip one. You know, I call it the Safe for America's plan. And both your members of Congress voted for it. It's based on a simple notion. When it comes to public safety in this nation, the answer is not defund the police, it's fund the police. Fund the police. Shut up! Will you shut up? In case the same Joe Biden in the summer of 2020 that said, yes, I support the reallocation of funding because the police come into these neighborhoods with big guns and big vehicles and it, it scares people, it bothers people. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that the cops have the power. Okay, one, because I'm not a criminal. Two, Okay, because I know they need our support for this to be a society that flourishes. We need law and order and we need, okay, when it's trendy or not trendy, we need cops to get the benefit of the doubt, not the criminals. Okay, theirs is a party that will always give the benefit of the doubt to the criminal. Why? Because if you throw racism into the mix, there's something for them to run on. Well, racist. And look at those Republicans supporting the racist side. Okay, when George Floyd was killed, remember this. Nobody went on TV and was like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Nobody. Not a Republican, not a libertarian, not a cop, not a fireman, not a black guy, not a white guy. Nobody went on TV and was like, yeah, he screw him. Nobody did it. Nobody. We all agreed. But you see, that consensus wasn't politically viable at the time. Democrats aren't going to get anywhere on saying, yeah, we all agree. Okay, let's let's let the system run its course and hold this guy accountable. They said, no, no, no. It wasn't Derek Chauvin who knelt on George Floyd's neck. It was all of America. This is systemic racism. This government's been racist forever. And the only way to solve it 
is to get rid of the guy who's been president for three years and replace him with a guy who's been a part of this systemically racist government for the last 50. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Yo, this happened. All of this happened. This was the first summer of me doing this show. They were burning down cities, burning down black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis in the name of progress. Kamala Harris tweeted a link to bail out violent protesters that's still up to this day. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> so do you understand the reason your national murder rate is up 35 percent? It's a 35-year spike in murders last year, mostly in Democratic states, run cities and states. But who cares? The point is these are deaths. And I don't know that the dead people are Republican or Democrat, and I obviously have great empathy for them and their families, so I don't even think it's worth highlighting if we did know. But the point is death, okay? Human lives are lost because the cops are having an exponentially harder time doing their job. One, people are a lot less likely to cooperate with police that they've been told are racist and are just randomly killing them for sport. Two, the good men and women I described as heroes who put on that uniform because there was something in the movies they watched that made them want to save the day. You know when you watch a movie sometimes, like you're watching Rocky and you start shadow boxing in your seat, you're like, yeah, I could be a, I could be a boxer. Like I never had that ambition. I would watch Rocky and be like, yeah, I could be Paulie. Could, you know, drink a bunch of booze in the corner and yell at my sister and get fat off the land. I could do that. I didn't, never had any aspirations of being Rocky. I'm lazy. But, you know, people that become cops, there was something inside of them that watched superhero movies, that watched westerns, that watched law and order play out on screen and said, I want to do that. Okay, and these are the people we count on to save us, to protect us. And a lot of these people were driven from the job. Do you know what the early retirement numbers are since the rioting started in 2020? Okay, early retirements were 42 percent. Do you know what the hiring standards are in the NYPD right now? You could smoke weed and go be a cop. Thank good. Dude, your judgment is not right when you're high. If you don't believe me, look up how many people listen to fish. You ever been to a fish concert? Oh, my God. They're smoking within an inch of their life. You want to know why? Because they weren't high. There's no way they would listen to the music. That's garbage. But that's the point. Okay, we're now allowing people with flawed judgment, with criminal backgrounds, to wear the uniform. We're relaxing, relaxing standards of appearance. We're relaxing standards of behavior. We're relaxing standards of academia. Why? Because we don't have enough cops. And the reason we don't have enough cops is because the Democrats waged a war against them, made society less safe as a result, and I mean really got people killed. They got people killed. And what did Black Lives Matter do but shake down guilty white people for money and ironically buy a bunch of mansions out in Beverly Hills only to have the cops called them on <laughs> called on them by the same white people once they moved into their neighborhoods. <laughs> Understand, Black Lives Matter took in all of that money, all those corporate dollars, all those endowments, all those sponsorships, all that white guilt cash sent in by elite white do-nothing housewives in between Peloton sessions. And what ultimately did they do with the money? Did they give any of it, any of it at all, back to the black community? The answer would be no. No. Do you remember how they're fighting an audit and they're saying this is racism? I had to talk about this on Fox and Friends first a few weeks ago. How the Black Lives Matter organization keeps changing leadership because nobody wants to open up the books. Why? Because they didn't care. It's a grift. 
And this is what's so disgusting and shameful about our politics. Back in 2014, when they were running with the lie of hands up, don't shoot. Don't ever forget, Mike Brown, Ferguson, Missouri, they burnt down that city over a lie. Because, again, Democrats in a midterm year had racist cops to run on. Oh, they shot him just because. Never mind that he committed a strong arm robbery. And ultimately, okay, Barack Obama's own Justice Department decided there wasn't enough evidence to indict the cop. Why? Because, oh, as it turns out, the narrative of hands up, don't shoot wasn't actually true. It turns out, according to the evidence and the witness testimony given to the grand jury, that Mike Brown was taking the cop's gun and fighting with him inside the police car. So ultimately, the same Barack Obama that told you, you know, cops are racist and the Justice Department's racist, okay, couldn't actually indict cop who shot Mike Brown, although they did destroy his life and his career, because it turns out they were lying. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. And that hands up, don't shoot lie was chanted constantly in the summer of 2020 when people were spitting on cops, spitting on them, throwing rocks and bricks at them. Don't ever forget that. Those protests that took place outside the White House were because of the Democratic narrative that it was okay to consider the cops evil now. You were under attack. Ergo, COVID lockdowns didn't pertain to you. Nobody could go to church. Nobody could go to a funeral. Nobody could go to the prom. Nobody could go to school. But the cops are so desperate to kill you. If we don't let you get out there and do something about it, okay, what's the point of even trying to stop COVID? The cops are going to kill us all anyway. That was the justification. Don't ever forget that outside the White House, 50 Secret Service agents were hit with bricks and rocks by angry, you know, peaceful protesters as they were ripping down statues, as they were torching St. John's Church in the name of justice, in the name of equity, because the cops were that racist. Again, here are the stats. Cops killed nine unarmed black men, 19 unarmed white men. I got to be honest, there might be a text uh, typo in the racist handbook. And again and again and again, a police officer, 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black male than a black male is to be killed by a police officer. In terms of overall black homicide victims, police shootings represent 0.1% of all black killings in America last year. Do you understand that? But we don't talk about the actual, the actual, the real death and carnage in the black community. Why? Because no one goes to the polls and votes on that. Because the truth is in the Democratic Party, black lives don't matter. Okay, black votes do. Oh, they matter a lot. There's an election year. Cops shoot somebody. Woo! These cops got to die in prison. Okay, but now we got to a point where that playbook has gotten so many black people killed that the Democrats have to go out there and pretend they support the police. These people, these people now pretend they support the police. Okay, these people right here. And don't ever forget it. Because this is what they were saying a year ago before they said what they said yesterday. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon the police 
to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in, in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a lot going on today, but if you remember two weeks ago, if you're a KRMS listener... You remember I was out in the Lake of the Ozarks doing a stand-up event. Well, in truth, you probably don't remember because that was the drunkest crowd I've ever played. But one of the gentlemen I met backstage who was running the operations has now been appointed our senior correspondent to the Ozarks, mainly because he's probably still a high school senior. Uh, But I do consider him an expert on all things in the LOZ. CJ joins us really quick. Yo, CJ. Hey, Jimmy. How you going? My man. I'm great. Uh, Have you guys sobered up since I left? Because you guys were a mess the last time we spoke. Uh, well, I was completely sober. I don't know what you're talking about. CJ, well played. Well played. Anyway, really quickly, the thing that struck me about you is you were working on starting up a TV network out there. And one of the things we discussed was a live PD type show, which I am in support of because I want people to see, you know, the rigors of police work. And I want people to recognize the good that they do. Uh, do we have an update on progress or do I need to come out there and put a brick through somebody's window? Where are we on that? Uh, I would love if you came out through a brick through someone's window that would just be great content for that just period <laughs> i might have to, it's good for the show i mean because then i will not only get you a show but i'd become the first guy arrested on your show correct yeah that that's true that, well, that is very true well this is your and, assignment uh, go ahead i've uh talked to most of the police departments around here i'm working on the sheriff's department i've mm-hmm. also talked to a couple of fire departments just in case they want to join in on something mm-hmm. but one of my favorite things to do is i went to the mayor of this little town called lynn creek mm-hmm. Um, they actually have the first Tesla police cop in the whole state of Missouri. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I talked to them, and they actually offered to do B-roll with us for, like, our opening segment and stuff. Okay. So they're going to get a bunch of people together, get a bunch of cop cars, get their Tesla cops It sounds out. great. So I'm going to watch a high-speed car chase where the car runs out of batteries and the criminal gets away. This is awesome. CJ, I kid. Listen to me. Excellent call. We have a hard commercial break. I just wanted to introduce you to our audience. We're going to do this again soon now. You got the gig, kid. You're the senior correspondent to the Ozarks. Don't mess it up. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action. Got a big hour coming up on the show, not just because of my weight. Uh, Sean Davis, he's going to be in the House. He is, of course, the co-founder of The Federalist, someone who has been following this FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago and the document dump that went down last night a little before midnight. Uh, He will be calling balls and strikes on the FBI, but from the looks of things... Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Not a great effort last night in the PR battle being waged by the DOJ to make what they're doing look like it's a legitimate and righteous thing. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. They might, uh, but we're going to keep telling it like it is in this hour. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. 
800-848-9910 if you want in. Uh, the FBI, this is where we begin. Last night, while I was on Gutfeld, highest rated show in late night right now. Hey, girl. But uh, he really did. Greg set a record last month. He became the first cable news network. Think about that. First cable news network to beat network television in late night in the history of the medium. Going back to Jack Parr, you know, in the history. Obviously, cable news didn't exist back then. But this is the first time in our nation's history that a cable news late night show has beaten a network show. That's significant. Why? Because network television is in about 30 million more homes than cable news. So he's beating them with a much smaller swath to pull from. I mean, in theory, this is the first time in history that the man, when it comes to late night comedy, the man is on cable news. Also worth noting, it's the first time in history that the man wears children's clothes. But we move on from Gutfeld for a second. While I was on the show last night, uh, the FBI was doing a document dump on the raid from Mar-a-Lago. They posted a photo, a photo of some of the evidence seized. This, of course, evidence that is supposedly so classified, so dangerous that we needed to raid the president's home. For the first time in the 246-year history of our country, we got to raid this guy's home because he is holding – Documents. He is holding data that is such a national security threat that we've got to post a picture of it all over the Internet. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But really think about that, okay? Because they leaked that photo last night. They, they didn't leak it. They published that photo last night because they're pressuring the judge in this case not to appoint a special master. What a special master is doing at the request of the Trump legal team would be to review every one of these documents and not only determine their classification status and when they were potentially declassified, according to Trump's claims, but also whether or not he even knew they were there in the first place, whether Trump took these documents at his own volition or, you know, the people who packed him up on his way out the door did it for him. Because here's a newsflash, just so you know. I've said it before. I'll say it again. When you leave the White House... You're not checking out of a hotel. It's not just up to you and your wife or you and your kid to just round up whatever you want to take with you, throw a 20 on the nightstand for the maid, and skip town. No, 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 no. The General Services Administration packs the president leaving the hotel. It's the president of the United States. They pack the guy up, and they index every single thing that he takes with him which means the General Services Administration, the National Archives, and everybody in between acting outraged right now because Donald Trump has documents sitting at Mar-a-Lago are the same people that sent him home with those documents. That's just how white folks will do you. Now again, this photo that they're circulating on the Internet is being circulated because there was a massive blowback. This was an FBI that raided Trump and initially said, no, we're not releasing the warrant. We're not releasing the affidavit. You're not getting anything. And then, of course, there was intense blowback because it looks brazenly political. This is your political opponent in 2020. It's a guy who could be running again in 2024. Not to mention he held office in this country. We have now plunged into third world status when we weaponize our own Justice Department against a political enemy. So you understand if you're going to do this, there better be a damn good reason. I mean, this better be the type of thing that is so heinous. So beyond the pale 
that we had no choice but to weaponize our Justice Department. Well, from all appearances, what's being seized at Mar-a-Lago was shareable on the Internet. Now, you can tell me it was classified and these were only cover letters, but you can zoom in on every one of them and see what they're about. But they felt compelled to release them just like they felt compelled to stage the photo. That is not a photo of how they were found at Mar-a-Lago. But, of course, the Internet and the media is running with the narrative that it absolutely positively was. Oh, you see? Trump just had documents strewn all over the floor. Time magazine covers with him on them. I mean, this was a mess. You got to go in. They're just, they're everywhere. The media is a bunch of losers. Yeah, we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. And you got to understand, there are a lot of people in the media have a lot of emotions when it comes to Donald Trump. Okay, they hate him. They hate him for a living. They hate him for an existence. Mainly, one, because it pays well in media. Two, because hating Donald Trump allows them not to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. People, I understand how many rich white people I know who have the luxury to devote the entirety of their existence to hating Donald Trump. It's white privilege to hate Donald Trump. You look around in the media. Okay, so many elite white people who are millionaires, who have healthy families, who have the wherewithal to do anything they want in society, but instead they devote the entirety of their existence to hating Donald Trump. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So when the DOJ gives them a clearly staged photo and gives them the license now to be like, look, I'm telling you. This time around, the walls are closing in. They're crazy. Oh, they're beyond crazy. You understand, the walls have been closing in since Mueller. Walls are closing in, man. It's bad. Russia, Putin, anonymous bombshells. Did any of it turn out to be true? The answer would be no. Well, Michael Avenatti's here. Michael Avenatti, Donald Trump's worst nightmare, potential presidential candidate. He's going to get Trump on campaign finance violations. Did any of that turn out to be true? The answer would be no. Oh, Michael Cohen, Trump's former fixer, his lawyer, he defected. He's got the goods on Trump. He's going to bring him down. Walls are closing in. Did any of that turn out to be true? The answer would be no. All right, well, he, he meddled in Ukraine. He meddled in Ukraine. We're impeaching him. The walls are closing in. Did any of that turn? The answer would be no. All right, well, the impeachment number two. I know he's out of office, but he's getting impeached again because he's going to jail. Did any of that turn out to be true? The answer would be no. So now we're watching what? The definition of insanity play out again. Okay, people doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Understand, they might charge Donald Trump. I don't know. There's no precedent, okay, for doing so. But he's also not going to jail. This is not a Trump is going to die in prison situation like they're all fantasizing about. But you have to understand, getting Donald Trump is a sexual fantasy for these people. It is a sexual fantasy. It turns them on, okay? They're obsessed with this. It's in their brains 20... Oh, girl, take the phone off the hook. We're going to lock up the orange man. Orange Cheeto Jesus, girl. He going to jail. You and me going to do it tonight, girl. That's their fantasize about this. It's a sexual perversion. Okay, think of how many instances I just gave you where they every single time went all in. Oh, no, no, he's going to jail. And if you wrote something online, they're like, fascist Nazi, MAGA loser. You just can't deal with it. He's going to jail. 
You don't, you don't understand. That's every single time. And they bought it every single time, including now. They want you to believe he's capable of selling the nuclear secrets. No, no, no. Never mind. All right, fine. He was. We said he was capable of colluding with Russia. All right, man, no. Okay, he wasn't. Okay. No, no, no. The, the Michael Avenatti thing, the Cohen thing, the impeachment thing. No, no, none of these things are true. But they keep selling them to you. Okay, even on Drudge, Drudge went heel. In pro wrestling, for those of you listening in the audience who don't follow pro wrestling, which I don't know what you were doing in the 80s, but you missed out on a hell of a show. Okay, if you <laughs> if you missed pro wrestling in the 80s. This could be a problem. A big problem, because we were having a lot of fun back then. When the Hulkster was fighting Andre the Giant, that was a good country. We probably did peak in the 80s under Reagan. I always think about that in terms of the overall quality of life, the pride, and, and the level of integration in society. You know, you think about as far back, which is the Democrats have taken us on race relations. In the 80s, the Cosby Show. Okay, I understand his career hasn't aged the best, not going to lie. You know, you don't really want to, you know, go to a go to a nightclub where Bill Cosby's tendon bar. You might get a little something extra in your drink. But, you know, the point is, in the 80s, the Cosby show was on in literally every house in America, white, black, or anything in between. It was the highest rated thing in the history of television at the time. Okay, and obviously professional sports and entertainment as integrated as they've ever been. And there was a collective civic pride in our country in the 80s that doesn't exist today. Because the Democrats don't want to run on America is the best place in the world, which is still the case, even though we have inept leadership. They want to run on its ninth. The year 2022 is the year 1822. You have no rights. You're oppressed. You're under attack. The cops are going to kill you. Everybody's a racist. Don't you get it? That's every single Democratic email that gets sent out. Please give us money. That's every one. Ah, the cops are racist. Please give us money. The climate's going to kill us all. Please give us money. <laughs> it's so Republicans don't want you minorities voting. Please give us money. You're not allowed to have an abortion. Please give us money. That's everything they do. Okay, including the biggest one of all. We got to send Trump to jail. Please give us money. And every single time there's Democrats standing by to cut a check. Pay up, suckers. Okay, but the Drudge Report, even so, are you ready? Here's the big blaring headline. Because Drudge turned wrestling heel. He went from a conservative outlet, made his money attacking Bill Clinton. So he hates personally on a personal level Donald Trump. So all of his stories now are about, you know, Trump's going to jail and he's running a porn site for liberals who they log on. They put a belt around their, around their neck and they log on and they read negative Trump coverage. And go, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> not now. I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> it's so sick. It's sick. But here's the bombshell headline. They're already hedging their bets. Trump caught hoarding nation secrets with a big picture of the evidence. Question then underneath, for sale, question mark, for blackmail, question mark, for ego, question mark. For ego, which, by the way, I've been saying since day one, he's probably sitting on classified documents because he has people over at Mar-a-Lago and he's like, you want to see something? And he brings them upstairs and shows them particular things that are like souvenirs, mementos from his time in the White House, not saying it's ideal. But the point is, knowing that's likely the reason he has them, that and the fact that the General Services Administration sent him home with those documents, is likely the case. And the fact that they're acknowledging that there's a possibility out there where that's the case means it's not him selling the nuclear codes. It's him, not him blackmailing the United States government. You know, the things that would actually land him in prison. They're admitting there's not a there there. They're out there in this moment for all intents and purposes. The FBI is just trying to cover their 
Okay, that's what they're trying to do. But understand this. Joe Biden is making MAGA fascism the centerpiece, the centerpiece of his midterm message. So you're going to tell me with a straight face that the guy who says MAGA fascism is the midterm uh, primary issue had nothing to do with the raid on Mar-a-Lago, the guy he blames for all the fascism? Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to run not on inflation, not on lowering the crime rate, not on securing the border, doing something about fentanyl. No, they're trying to run on Trump porn. We're going to get Trump. Oh, girl, reelect us. I know you can't pay the bills. I know your neighbor just died of fentanyl. You got mugged on the way to the grocery store to buy over, overpriced goods. But check it out. You know the guy from Celebrity Apprentice that we all hung out with for 40 years that we then turned into Hitler? No, no, we're going to get him because we know that really turns you on. That's what's going on now. That's what we're down to. Okay. Some people in this country are turned on by, like, attractive people. You know, gorgeous men, gorgeous women. Hubba, hubba. Okay. But some people are turned on by the idea of bringing down Donald Trump. And the FBI is making it a full-time investment into this level of porn. And they're peddling an awful lot of it uh, everywhere you look. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Somebody you can hang out with. Let's promote some shows really quick. October 15th, I'm at the Bridgeview Center in Ottumwa, Iowa. That is a Saturday night. We're going to watch some college football before the show. We're going to play a 600-seat theater. Seat theater. And we're going to get rip-roaring drunk uh, if I can have my way. And then, of course, in Las Vegas. Hey, girl. Uh, Saturday night, November the 5th, we have added a second show. Sold out the first show at the Red Rocks Resort. We have added a second show that is breaking news as of a few minutes ago. Tickets to both, October the 15th in Iowa, November the 5th in Vegas, available at Ticketmaster.com. Come hang out with your radio buddy. Be a part of the magic. And it is magic. Not really because of me. I mean, it's, you know, I'm a pretty good stand-up. But uh, the crowds are amazing. They're the coolest people you're ever going to meet. And it's so fun to be in an atmosphere of actual free speech and people who understand that jokes are not hate crimes. Again, any idiot, any idiot that tells you words are violence. Dude, you're never going to get punched in the head and be like, thank God that wasn't a word. Oh, it'd be so much worse. But this is the kind of stupidity we're catering to. All kinds of stupidity. Here's uh, woo. Here's Ari Melber uh, now saying Republicans are trying to start a civil war uh, on, on, <laughs> over the DOJ raid at Trump's mansion. It's clip 28. This is not a drill. You see the way they're talking. You see how obviously hypocritical it is, how it goes to larger problems in their ability to function within a rule of law society with equality between all people and all races. This may get louder and more serious and more dangerous before we're through with it. (laughs) This guy's a serious ass. I mean, really think about that, Ari Melber. You're on a network. You are a person. That was supporting the burning down of police stations. Ah, yeah, this is this Trump crowd. They can't deal with the rule of law. Dude, you were burning down police stations. 
Okay, they set up a pretend country. Talk about the rule of law. We gave them their own country. Okay, cheered on people who were torching black-owned businesses in the name of equality. You want to talk about we can't accept the rule of law? We've got a border right now that's had 2 million people cross it that we know of, which, oh, by the way, happens to be illegal. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. And are they saying a word about it in this rule of law party we call the Democrats? The answer would be no. Oh, Ari Melber. It's embarrassing. Here's Ben Collins on MSNBC saying nothing would convince the Republicans that Trump was guilty. Here's clip 29. They're looking for weaponizable data points. They're looking for people they can target. They're looking for people they can dox and harass. They're not looking for an end game here. They could have found a body in these boxes, and that wouldn't have been enough for them. They would have been like, oh, that's somebody else's body. Like, it's not Donald Trump had nothing to do with that body. There is no end game here for them. The end game is to keep stalling, keep delaying, keep pushing this forward, keep making it look like some sort of political persecution. And then, you know, there is there is no possible way this ends for them other than political persecution. That was embarrassing. Dude, do you understand? I mean, first of all, they could find a dead body in those boxes. Trump spent a lot of time hanging out with the Clintons in the 90s. I mean, God knows. Uh, But no one has ever come on the air and said, hey, if he's guilty, we want him to walk free. We've come on the air and said, you know, the FBI has been full of about this guy for six years. So we're not just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. I've got to be honest. Every time I post one of these interviews on Twitter, I come an inch closer to being blocked from Twitter. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's an anti-honesty bias on the, on the app. Uh, if you don't believe me, take his word for it. He is the co-founder and CEO of The Federalist, Sean Davis, back on the show. Hey, man. How are you? When I saw the last thing you posted, it was you and me on this show. And to be clear, someone else had retweeted it because obviously I have you blocked. But uh, no, I kid. When I saw it, I was like, oh, we're screwed. Are they going to get us, Sean Davis? Oh, yeah, you are. Let me tell you, when you come into uh, Davis land here, you are hanging with the bad crowd. And you're (laughs) going to you're going to get yourself in trouble. (laughs) The other side of the Twitter train tracks. Well, all right. I have a theory I've posited. If we're going to get banned from the platform, let's get our money's worth here. Is it? I, I have a theory that it's actually like a sexual fantasy to get Donald Trump arrested for a lot, a, a big percentage of the country in the media. Can you co-sign? I mean, I don't. Uh, that requires me to get in the heads of some very, very deeply disturbed people. Mm-hmm. But, but given the obsession that they have with it, I, I'm not sure you're wrong. They they wake up every morning just jonesing for it. Apparently, it's so crazy, and I bring that up only because of the way of you know, like the DOJ. With the raid at Mar-a-Lago, they know how they're fighting this messaging battle. Like that photo that dumped last night and the carefully curated documents that are so sensitive, you got to raid the president, but at the same time we can share them on the Internet. Like they're clearly trying to feed that beast. Maybe, you know, not at a sexual level, but at a allow these people to keep waging this messaging war against Trump. Uh, but in a way that really isn't going to satisfy people who don't trust the FBI, because I didn't see anything last night that made their case any stronger. Did you? No, not at all. I mean, I, I think it actually made it much weaker, but I don't think they're remotely interested in convincing people. Mm-hmm. Um, all you have to do is go look at Biden's speech where mm-hmm. he called, you know, 100 plus million people who didn't vote for him semi-fascist. <laughs> um, 
he threatened to use F-15s to bomb people who uh, <laughs> believe in the Second Amendment. So, no, they, they have zero interest in convincing anyone who's not already with them. And they've shown us with all their January 6th nonsense. Their plan here is that when you look at the electorate and the electorate doesn't like you, you just make your own electorate by throwing in jail everyone who doesn't like you. So, like, no, they're, they're not interested in convincing at all. It is so crazy. We're talking to the great Sean Davis, co-founder, CEO of The Federalist. Um, what I'm fascinated about with the Mar-a-Lago crowd, you know, with the raid in any way that, you know, the narrative the media is running with, is there's not really a lot of interest in who is behind this operation. But it's my understanding a lot of the people that are prominently involved in Mar-a-Lago were prominently involved in the Mueller probe, were they not? They were. They seem to have been involved in a lot of things. Um, it, it's... You know, it's interesting. We keep hearing about, oh, yeah, there's only just a few bad apples at the FBI and the rank and file. They're just salt of the earth, good people. I mean, the problem I have with that is that, like, the same five people seem to be in charge of every shenanigan they've ever had. <laughs> this, this guy, Timothy Tebow, who, who got marched out for being, uh, mm -hmm. you know, super biased and doing nonsense with the Hunter Biden investigation. If you go back like 15 years, and you look at the case of William Jefferson, they called him Cold Cash Jefferson, a former congressman from Louisiana mm -hmm. who had his offices raided by the feds. A bunch of his convictions ended up getting tossed, and they got tossed because the uh, lead undercover agent in this particular case uh, was doing the hibbity-dibbity with the uh, top government uh, informant in the case. And would you like to know who is the FBI in agent in charge of all of it? Oh, no. Timothy Tebow. Oh, my God. Timothy Tebow. Like it's if you put this stuff in a novel or a movie, they'd say, come on, that's not that's ridiculous. You need to try a little harder. You can't have the same guy involved in everything. And yet that's here. We are. That's where we are now. Well, that was my favorite thing, Sean, is like a week and a half ago when Morning Joe was trotting out Peter Strzok to vouch for the FBI. And I'm like, are you going to bring out OJ next to vouch for you and Mika's eternal love and marriage? Well, look, if you can trust anyone's word, it's the word of an FBI agent who is banging one of his coworkers on the sly and then <laughs> texting about it like 5,000 times a day. How did Clearly, we get... that's the guy's word you can take to the bank. Can I ask? I just want to ask. I want to, I want to go inside your process because, you know, I love your work. Okay. How did we get from hibbity-dibbity to banging? Did you just remember whose show you were on and that banging was perfectly fine? Yeah, I was trying to be nice, and I was like, you know, it's a family show. And then I was like, nah. <laughs> do it. It's, it's the family show. They just don't tell you it's the Manson family. That's the thing. <laughs> Too funny, man. Well, here's another thing, okay, because we talk about the bias at the FBI, and I, none of us have ever come on TV or radio and said that if this guy really jeopardized the safety of every American in, like, a tangible way, that we wouldn't want to be held accountable. But we're being portrayed as if that's the case. But what we're really trying to say is it's going to take a lot more for us to give the FBI the benefit of the doubt, knowing what we know, because the bigger FBI story this week is not five pictures on the floor at Mar-a-Lago that are cleverly staged with Time magazine covers. I think the bigger story is Mark Zuckerberg flat out admitting the FBI throttled Hunter Biden, knowing it was true. Well, I think if there really is any true crime there, it's holding on to Time magazine. So, come on. Those belong in a dentist office 20 years ago. Who are we kidding here?
That's funny. But talk to me about Mark Zuckerberg, because he basically said the FBI came to him and he's trying to portray this as if, well, you know, the FBI told me to do it. So I did it as if he wasn't on board with stopping Donald Trump. He spent five hundred million dollars of his own money in the election. But is that not I mean, we talk about quantifiable things because Mar-a-Lago, this story is still speculative. The it is quantifiable that cutting the Hunter Biden story out of the algorithms really did swing the election. You know, when you look at the polling on who would have changed their vote, you're talking about millions of votes and an election decided by thousands of votes. So, would, I mean, could you sit there where you stand and say that that was a le- legitimate pass interference call that swung the game? 100 percent. But what I find more interesting than just that is let's look at all the elections that the FBI has tried to rig just in recent memory. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to 2016, where they let Hillary off the hook, saying, oh, well, she didn't intend to break all these laws. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, she was not the president at the time. She did all this nonsense, yeah. having the authority to declassify this stuff. She was a completely crooked secretary of state trying to get rich off her contacts. So, so Jim Comey rolls in and says, nah, she's all good. Nobody will prosecute her. You know, so that's strike one. Mm-hmm. Then they come in and they start the entire stupid uh, Russia collusion hoax based off of DNC oppo generated by a literal Russian agent. Uh, So that's strike two. Then they do the whole stupid Mueller thing because Trump had the audacity to fire at the time the guy who's the most corrupt FBI director going back to J. Edna Hoover. So that's strike three uh, because they were doing the 2018 election manipulation with that. Mm -hmm. Then let's go to 2020 where they did the nonsense uh, with the Hunter Biden stuff. And now here we are in Mar-a-Lago, where they're trying not to rig just the 2024 election by bouncing a candidate they don't like. They're trying to rig the 2022 election by taking off the campaign trail, the biggest Republican uh, get-out-the-vote guy in history. This is, this is what the FBI does. It's the Federal Bureau of Interference. It's so true. We're talking to Sean Davis, CEO, co-founder of The Federalist. That last point is a really great point because Biden is out there speaking. You know, he has made MAGA fascism or semi-fascism. They've run out of words. But he's made that the centerpiece of the midterm message. And there's no way you can tell me the guy who's decided they've focus grouped MAGA, that's the plan. We won't run on anything else. And I get why because there's not a lot to run on. But there's no world where you can convince me that they're making MAGA the focus and they didn't have anything to do with raiding MAGA. Like, do you buy that on any level? No, it, it, it's absurd. And, and just the, the use of fascism, uh, there's a pretty good sign that if someone throws that word out there, they can't even spell it, let alone define it. Mm-hmm. But the actual definition <laughs> of fascism is when you have the complete melding of state and industry power weaponized against uh, a regime's political opposition. Yeah. Gee, what do we have here? We had the FBI and the corrupt deep state on behalf of the Biden regime going and uh, attacking a presidential candidate and trying to throw him in jail after, by the way, using their uh, their friends in big tech to censor anyone who said stuff that was true that they didn't like. Uh, So if we're going to be throwing around the F word or the semi F word, Mm -hmm. maybe we ought to apply it to the regime that is using its power to coerce corporations to go after their political enemies every single day. It's, it's so yo, it's so spot on true, like that, that it is the classic exercise of projection. Like this is like me coming home at three in the morning with glitter on my face and accusing my wife of hanging out at a strip club. So nuts. But let's have this talk really quick. I don't need you to provide marital therapy for me. We'll do that off the air. Um, What did you make of Biden getting out there yesterday with a straight face and claiming he's always had the cops back? (laughs) 
the, the guy who who got elected uh, while streets burned because his foot soldiers decided they needed chaos and violence and anger to agitate people to to vote for change. Yeah, I'm, I, you're, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to spare me on that one. But I mean, in his defense, uh-huh. I don't think he even knew what he was saying. <laughs> no, it's so yo. It is so true that I that we're watching a presidency. I, I really do believe it's like an iTunes user agreement where they're just, you know, scroll to the bottom and click. I agree, old man. And that seems to be everything going on. Like you don't get the appearance that, you know, obviously he's in charge. We've talked about that forever. But the reason I bring this up is because they filed yesterday uh, with the FEC to run again in 2024. Now, I don't believe I don't think anyone in good conscience believes he's running again in 2024. But I think they want to create that appearance because I think the internal calculation in the last few weeks has become. They're going to try to sell him like he's been a success. Have you noticed a little bit of that with like the inflation bill? Obviously, it doesn't reduce inflation, but they're selling it as a win or student loan forgiveness. Does it seem that, you know, they've killed off those op eds about he's too old and he shouldn't run again? And we're starting to see a little more of this is a good thing. Uh, personally, I, I don't think he's going to run again. No, no way. The inside intel or anything. But like, I think a lot of the gaslighting and wish casting uh, coming from the Throne sniffing, bootlicking state media. It's actually geared towards 2022. Yes, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I mean that's the calculus yeah. between now and 2022. Yeah, because they're what they're struggling with right now. Is, you know, the economy sucks. Inflation's out of control. Gas prices are unaffordable. Uh, everyone's pissed off and suffering. Uh, their struggle with the left is preventing their base vote from from having the bottom fall out entirely. And I think everything they're doing in this stupid illegal student loan, you know, college bailout gambit is a perfect example. Nobody wanted that. Nobody thinks that's a good idea. Uh, and yet here they are doing it because they're desperate to boost uh, their most ardent left wing supporters who they're afraid are just going to stay home if they think this red wave is going to wash over everyone. Yeah, it's it's a weird strategic gambit because, yes, people don't support it. And young people, they have a hard time getting young people to vote in the general, let alone the midterms. But I posited a theory earlier on Twitter. I want to see what you think of this. When I was young, my parents would sponsor like those Sally Struthers commercials, send like two dollars a month for starving children. And you'd always get like a a letter telling you how the kid was doing and what he was up to. If we're going to bail out college kids, shouldn't we get a letter telling us what they're doing every month? Absolutely. I want a little like tops baseball card uh, telling me how, you know, little 27 year old Jimmy from Queens is uh, how he's using the $10,000 to go find himself on a six week tour of Thailand after he tells his boss at Starbucks he's out of there. <laughs> I've got a, I've got 17 new genders to recognize and I'm going to go back back across Europe and figure out what it all means. Yo, it is amazing because there's never been a it's just we're dealing with a level of weapons grade stupidity in America right now. But the one thing I want to point out and I honestly I believe this about you Sean to be true is we are very vocal critics of what's going on in our government. But I, I do believe that if the Republicans take back Congress and don't do anything, I intend to be harsher on them because I don't see winning an election as an end game. I see like fixing this, you know, or doing something about it. I mean, a- amen. Yeah. Like I, I, I've got no interest in like the uh, the Republican boosterism as yeah. if the uh, the dinosaurs running the Republican Party in Washington are, are somehow like the thin line saving us from social, socialism. Yeah. No, we're in the position we are today because uh, the leaders of, of half the country just decided – 
that if they just ask Democrats to slow down, everything would uh, be good. So, no, my goal, I think it's the same as your goal, is I want to save this country and I want to save it for my kids and their kids and their kids. And that's a lot longer term project than just winning the next election. Winning elections are like the bare minimum first step thing you have to do to actually save this country. So it's important that that happens. But that's the very, very, very beginning of the process, not the end. Yeah, spot on. You win an election, you've made the playoffs. Okay, there's still a bunch of rounds to win if you're actually going to take home the championship. And I think that Honestly, that's where social media has kind of in a weird way opiated the masses in that uh, obviously we're, we're nuts. It's a Real Housewives episode. Everybody's beating each other up. But the point is, you know, at the same time, it's prioritized winning the election above all else. So it's like we don't actually target societal issues the way we target just claiming victory. And I think that's been the drawback is that there's more engagement on these issues, but there's less actual follow through. So, you know, I say this because a lot of, you know, conservatives listen to the show is a lot of D.C. lawmakers that I know listen and send texts and stuff. But I just I need them to know, like, yeah, we're going after the Democrats because they're running the country into the ground. It's not because they're Democrats. Like if the, if the country was flourishing and we were making money and we had a chicken in every pot and not a promise to get rid of chickens in the name of the environment, I, I'd be fine with whoever was running. Like I, I would support a second Kanye term right now if he was doing good things. Yeah, I, I think all most of us want is we want to be able to raise our families, go to church, uh, enjoy the fruits of our labor at work, and live our lives how we want to direct them. And that, to me, that's not a real big ask. That yeah. should be easy because all it requires is for these idiots to do nothing and just get, get out of the way. And given how lazy most members of Congress are, you'd think that would be a pretty awesome value proposition to them. <laughs> just go up there and leave me alone. You don't even have to do anything. And, and yet they can't do it because the thing is, in order to want that job, you have to think you have to go in there and enact all these things and do all this stuff and, and use your power. No, just leave us alone. That's all I want. I just want to be left alone to raise my family, and they won't let us do even that. Oh, it's sick. Well, I'm going to lead by example because I'm up against a hard commercial break. I will leave you alone, uh, but this is not a permanent proposition. Let's do it again soon, man. Thank you, sir. You're the best. The great Sean Davis. Listen to what he has to say, especially if you're a conservative lawmaker that listens to the show and texts me little jokes or I like that thing you said, which is great. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. But we don't love you uh, just because it's important to us to beat the Democrats. I don't care who runs the country as long as they're not running it into the ground. That's the problem. Okay, we've spent so much time fighting over who gets to say we're in power. That the end result of all of that partisan pugilism is we got a guy behind the wheel who shouldn't be operating heavy machinery, okay, let alone a microphone. He's doing everything on a teleprompter, but unfortunately, a teleprompter can't drive your car. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with my man Charles McBee in the next hour. He's the head writer for The God's Honest Truth on Comedy Central, uh, hosted by Charlemagne the God. I've actually rebranded the show. Hell of a week. That was the show, if you remember, that Kamala Harris stormed off of. 
when uh, Charlemagne asked who the real president was. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> Do you remember that? Really fantastic stuff. But we're not going to be talking Kamala in the next hour. We're going to be talking for a minute here about student loan forgiveness. Because once again, we were told by the Biden administration, nah, don't worry, you're not going to get the bill for this. Stop lying to us. They couldn't if they wanted to. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, lacing them up for a big hour, getting ready to run the radio race. And I do mean race. We'll be talking about student loan forgiveness, and yes, we'll be talking about the White House. Gaslighting America, once again, about the wide open border, saying it's, you know, all about racist Republicans and Come on, man, just shut down the border, I think, is the logical reply. But nobody wants to talk about records because it's much easier to sell people some type of bogus racial narrative because then you don't actually have to fix anything. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. I say that all the time, and they're doing that now even with student loan forgiveness. Straight up. Oh, it's not fair. You know, people have the debt and, you know, equity and, yo, Here it is. Are you ready? There's no racial component to signing a contract that says, I will pay you this much money for this product. Okay, that's an agreement people made. And now we're asking people who didn't sign on that dotted line to pay for the people who did. This is total crap. Okay, that's just the bottom line. You can tell me about every other extenuating circumstance and whether you used it to get a job or you didn't get a job or, you know, in between. But the problem is student debt. That's what we're being told. Student debt forgiveness. That's the title of the bill. Student debt. Okay. So how do we help student debt? Okay. You help student debt long term in this country if you want to make a difference. Are you ready for it? You help student debt by controlling the cost of college. That's true. That is true. Understand right now. Okay, the colleges aren't forgiving this debt. The government's absorbing it. The government's paying it off for these kids. Why? Because Biden's poll numbers have dropped by 30 points with young voters. So you're getting the bill, okay, for their ineptitude at the polls. Thanks, big government weenuses. But we're paying back colleges who knowingly overcharge kids for degrees that wouldn't get them a job. And oh, by the way, also got taxpayer money because of COVID. When they shut down, got bailed out. For not turning the profit they were used to turning. And then what did they do the minute the pandemic ended and schools reopened? They raised tuition. That's just how white folks will do you. I mean, really think about that. And now we're bailing them out. No, no, you don't. You don't have to forgive these kids. We'll handle the kids where it's the drinks are on us. Okay, that's what's going on. It is a scam any way you slice it. And when you try to position this as something in the name of equity and leveling the playing field, you know how you level the playing field? By treating everybody as equals. That's how you level the playing field. You don't level the playing field by infantilizing anybody. And even so, the truth remains when it comes to student debt forgiveness, 70% of the forgiveness, are you ready? 70% of the debt being forgiven belongs to the wealthy. The wealthy. Why? Because the people with most of this student debt are like doctors and lawyers working in positions that pay pretty well. Okay, so we're giving the upper 70 percent of income earners a bailout at the expense of the lower 30 percent of income earners. That's not right. Not even a little. 
Okay, so you understand when we have this discussion, okay, you can brandish this as whatever you want. But the bottom line is we are rewarding the people who held off, okay, on paying their loans. And we're punishing the people who did pay their loans and do the right thing and work and honor their commitments. You know who else we're punishing? Are you ready? We're punishing the people who didn't even take out these loans to begin with. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Here's Ro Khanna yesterday. He was on Neil Cavuto, right? I was on Neil Cavuto yesterday during this show. It's a funny thing that goes on at Fox. Sometimes we'll go to commercial, and I could sprint down the hall to a TV studio and do somebody else's TV show. You come back nine minutes later or six minutes later, and hey, look who's back. Like, it never happened. Well, I did not as shockingly as this sounds, make the big headlines on Cavuto yesterday. I, amazing, I know. The, the cab driver went to community college, did not break the big news that was discussed all throughout Washington. As it turns out, it was Representative Ro Khanna, uh, who was in a little bit of a standoff with my man Neil Cavuto. Uh, and here is why, clip 34. They're not underwriting it if you have progressive taxation on uh, No, you're on paying the for this congressman but, with debt. But You're paying this. But you've increased our credit line, our visa credit line. There isn't cash paying for this. It's going on our debt. We all pay that. So our but debt yeah. is paying for this. You've just increased our credit line. But here's the th- reality, and you know this. Most of these loans weren't being repaid. So what was happening? The people's credit was being destroyed. This isn't actually that that's def- on them. debt. Was that's all- on them, That debt was already there. N- now what we're saying is, okay, if you forgive it, uh, you're going to not destroy people's credit so they can go work, they can get a, a So they're get getting a home, rewarded. A- they're getting rewarded for holding off on paying back those loans. Reward the guy who's holding back on paying his utility loan. Reward the guy who bought a car and got in knee-deep and didn't realize it. So you see what you're opening up here. Again, with the but best you, of intentions. You feel- hey, you've got to be a moron. You've got to be a moron. I mean, really think about that. You've got to be a moron, Ro Connor, to think this is a good thing. You're rewarding the guy who didn't pay off the loan. And you're saying, no, no, this is good news. You understand? Because now the guy who didn't pay off the college loan, he can go take out a mortgage. I got a bad feeling about this. Dude, if the guy didn't keep up his debt on the college loan, and now you're encouraging him to take out a mortgage, guess what we're going to wind up bailing out next? A mortgage. Okay, and make no mistake about it. It's we. It is us that is doing the bailing out. Do you want to know how you know? This is how you know. Are you ready? Remember, one of the reasons this show succeeds is I own a top-secret politics-to-English dictionary. I can read you what the politicians are saying and translate it into pure English. Now, every time a prominent Democrat gets asked who's paying for this, rather than answering the question, they pivot to, well, we gave tax cuts to the rich and Republicans didn't mind that, which, i got to be honest with you, is not an answer to the question. Correct the mundo. But let me give you a couple of examples of that. Here's Kamala Harris asked in Cape Canaveral, Florida yesterday, who's paying? It's clip 35. A lot of the same people who are criticizing what we rightly did in following through on a commitment that we made um, to forgive student loan debt uh, are the same people who voted for a tax cut for the richest Americans. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact checked. Okay, understand the Trump tax cuts gave the biggest benefits to the lowest 70% of income earners. Okay, the biggest benefits. Okay, that is something the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times wrote about in unison. Okay, that is reality. But again, did she answer the question 
of who is paying for this? The answer would be no. Here's Bernie Sanders. He was asked by George Stephanopoulos, to his credit on ABC News, who's paying? Here it is, clip 38. I know it is shocking, George, to some Republicans uh, that the government actually on occasion does something to benefit working families and low-income people. Uh, I don't hear any of these Republicans squawking when we give massive tax breaks to billionaires, when we have an effective tax rate today, such that the 1% have a lower effective tax rate uh, than working people, where major corporations in a given year don't pay a nickel in federal taxes. That's okay. But suddenly when we do something for working people, uh, it is a terrible idea. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f***ing question. And he didn't answer the question. And you understand, when Bernie Sanders says, when we do something for the working people, yeah, you're doing something for the working people. You're screwing them over. Okay, that's what you're doing for the working people. Do you understand? 68% of this country, 68% of this country, okay, doesn't have a student loan that they took out. But 100% of the country now does have a student loan that they did take out. Do you understand? Okay, why? Because what Bernie Sanders is doing for the working class of this country is handing them the bill for the people who aren't working. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Think about that. Think about what Neil Cavuto said to Ro Khanna. Hey, what are you creating here? What kind of door are you opening here? Ah, don't hold up your debts. Don't worry. The government will bail you out. Dude, it's a scam. It's a scam any way you slice it. It's not fair. Okay? I got backup on this. Heavy backup. Ezra's down in Atlanta, Georgia. Yo, Ezra. Good afternoon. I tried. I work from my home. I try to keep it together, and then you get me riled up. So well done. <laughs> I just, uh, well, I just wanted to add a couple of things. I mean, in Georgia, we have a thing for kids, and if they do well, they get A's. They get uh, 4.0. Mm-hmm. They get 100% of their in-state public tuition paid. So there's no pay for performance in this. Mm-hmm. There's no employable core courses criteria so when they get out they can actually do something and there's no hurdles to pay them back if they get f's or d's so go join the military and really earn it and deserve it and next thing i think there'll be another round of this promise like september or november 3rd Mm -hmm. and then it won't happen and if that doesn't work then they'll say vote for us we'll legalize weed and then they'll all come out of the basement (laughs) tell me i'm wrong no you're not wrong man And, and it is the next thing student loan forgiveness will become auto loan forgiveness will become mortgage forgiveness but I mean, you can't. It's not a sustainable way to run a country. Like you get it. I didn't mean to get you all riled up, but that is. I mean, seriously though, that's the scam. When you think about the fact that a hundred percent of the country now has student loan debt, whether they went to college or not, there's no way to slice it that it's not a scam. You know. But what they keep doing, if you noticed the Kamala clip, the Bernie clip, I have a dozen of these. Whenever they get asked who's paying, they just pivot to, oh well, the rich get tax cuts. What the hell does that have to do with anything? You know, nothing. And, nothing. You, and, you know, I'll, I'll just tell you, you know, I'm, when I grew up, I grew up in uh, Connecticut in a trendy zip code, you know, Westport. And I painted houses like a starved dog in the wintertime. I cut down trees and built stone walls. These kids have never had a blister on their hand. They don't deserve 
anything. No, it's so true. I was talking about this it last night. With, I was talking about this last night with Johnny Joey Jones. You know, he's a guy that lost both of his legs, okay, going to college. This, this is a guy that was literally saving Private Ryan. He gets nothing, but we're giving a check to the people who watched Private Ryan on Netflix. It's insane. Yeah, there this, you go. Dude, there's just, just no way. Now I'm riled up, go. Ezra. Way to go. I got, now I got to get rid of well, you. Make, make yeah. every single kid, I don't care if you're a billionaire or if you, you've got one leg, every single kid coming out of high school, the safety net should be everybody owes public service. You can work in the national parks, the military, something. Yeah. That would clean up a lot of this mess. So oh, no, you're not keep, kidding. Keep the flag running, brother. You're doing great. All right. I'll, I'll back to work, man. Enjoy your day drinking. I'll see you, Ezra. You're the best. Ezra getting fired up at work, but he's right. Civic pride, it's gone. Understand, like when I was a little kid, okay, 1986, Ronald Reagan, they unveiled the Statue of Liberty because they had been refurbishing the Statue of Liberty. Um, And in 1986, they unveiled the updated Lady Liberty. It was like a ZZ Top video. You know, they pulled up in the red car. They took her into the dressing room. Now she was wearing like pumps and, you know, all kinds of jewelry and hoop earrings and stuff. It was, you know, like the give me all your loving video. That's for you guys down in Tyler, Texas, hanging out at Robin Hood Studios. But, you know, the point is they gave the Statue of Liberty a makeover. Ronald Reagan was coming to Liberty Island to, for the unveiling, and uh, it was the 4th of July. And it was, the, it was uh, at that moment, and I do mean this, uh, the biggest moment of my life in 19. It was the biggest moment of a, Have you ever seen a baby, a toddler, when it's in its first few months and it doesn't know how to express itself with joy, so it just starts shaking its hands and feet? That was me, the 4th of July, 1986, because it was a big deal. I grew up in Levittown. It was, you know, the biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from war. Everybody I grew up around, he was either in the military uh, or became a cop or did some type of civil service. And there was a real collective investment in the community and the quality of life and a pride in what we belong to. We don't have that now. I'm not saying every one of your kids should just get shipped off to the military because, you know, there's too many people out there in Washington that are starting wars for profit and everything in between. Uh, But the point is it'd be nice to have a little bit of civic pride instead of this government just owes me something. Oh, I was born into the richest country in the world, and I took out a debt while other people were starving and getting bombed and women are being denied the the right to vote, read, or drive. I was oppressed over in the rich country where I took out a loan and I don't want to pay it. So the rest of you guys owe me a bailout. Imagine that. That's the mindset. Again, Johnny Joey Jones, one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. Okay, a guy who saved Private Ryan doesn't get a break on his loans. But the kid who watched Private Ryan does. And Democrats are fine with all of this. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with comedian Charles McBee in the next break. But right now, the phones remain open. We're talking about student loan forgiveness. Lori is down in Atlanta, Georgia. Yo, Lori. Yes. Hey, girl. How you living? Hey. Uh-oh. Hello. I'm here, Lori. Let's get it on. How are you? All right. I'm fine. I'm in Atlanta. Oh, I love it. I was just telling your your, your screener. I mean, this also affects people who 
chose not to go to college because they couldn't afford it, and they did not want to incur debt. Yep. So they're sitting here scratching their heads now going, well, if I had known you were going to, going to forgive it, I certainly would have gone to college too. A hundred percent. And that's, I think, the scam here is there's no way – no one who is asked to break down how this is fair even attempts to do it. They just pivot. Like even Biden last week is like, well, is it fair that corporations get a tax break? Well, like, but what are we talking about? Just because you don't like a corporate tax policy doesn't mean you should just screw over random Americans for the hell of it. And I think that's the scam here. You know, if I – go ahead. Also, yep. uh, encourage uh, growth and development mm-hmm. in order to employ more people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how about, yeah, w- w- where's the other forgiveness? Like, I want blackjack forgiveness. I lost a lot of money playing blackjack in my 20s. Can I get a bailout? I mean, why not put some type of uh, just something, throw, throw the public a bone, some type of, uh, you know, if, if you got a degree that Let's just say 50 percent of the people are employed if you use that degree. (laughs) Some of these degrees are so useless, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. And they're scratching their heads now going, why why is this? But I I seriously, I mean, there's people who choose not to to incur debt, Mm -hmm. and they're scratching their heads now, too. Oh, no question. No question. Uh, that when when Biden says, oh, we're doing something for the working class. Yeah, they're doing something. They're giving them the finger. You know, the, the government shouldn't be backing these loans. The reason being is if they had to go to a private bank to get one of these loans, they would have to prove to the bank that this loan was worth getting in the first place, meaning this is how I'm going to get a job and pay you back for this loan. But once the government gets into lending, then it doesn't matter if the degree is worth anything or not, because they're going to get the loan based on their status alone which allows colleges to charge even more money and ultimately gives us the hook. So I think the whole thing is a scam. And you get it, and I think everybody else does too, Lori. Um, so well, just you, stay – exactly, You're yeah. exactly right. The, yeah. the universities are sitting here laughing yeah. because now they're going to raise their tuition mm-hmm. because they can. <laughs> so It's so true. What do you think of my theory? That like back in the day, if you, if you sent money to starving kids, they sent you a letter to let you know how they're doing. Should a gender studies major have to send us a letter every month telling us which protests they attended and stuff like that? Uh, maybe. Or, you know, they could also send in, uh, in there that their, their number of job interviews. Yeah, yeah good luck. <laughs> it's going to be a short letter. It's going to be a really short letter, Lori. Thank you for the call. Beautiful work. There she goes, the great Lori. Uh, it is going to be. We're going to get into more calls because we got McBee coming up. We're 30 seconds away from commercial. But, uh, you know, it's a scam. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to slice it. If you took out a loan and I'm paying for it, again, if you go to Applebee's and I get the bill, at least throw like a chicken finger in the mail with the bill. Instead, I'm getting the Applebee's bill, and I'm not getting any chicken fingers. I can't stop talking about food. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- Look at you. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And the mellow tone of the music does not portray the vibe in the studio right now. We are fired up uh, because joining us now, uh, as good of a friend as we have on the show, he's, he's actually the dog sitter for my dog. 
That's your best credit, by the way. It, your best credit used to be you're the head writer for Charlemagne and the show Hell of a Week on Comedy Central. But if I can keep going at this rate, Jimmy Fallon's dog sitter is actually a good a good resume. Do you, uh, Charles McBee's here, by the way. Thank you very much. It's, it's hilarious. In theory, it's a great, uh, you know, Bigsby is amazing and it's a great credit. However, there's no way that I'd be able to let any of my black friends. <laughs> what do you mean? See me be introduced by you as, hey, give it up for my dog sitters. Best credit he's ever had. <laughs> Screw well, you, pal. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> oh, I love Bigsby. Uh, point taken. Uh, the Charlemagne gig definitely pays a lot better. That's true. But we got it's a good fridge. But though. the you food, can... yeah, I was just about to say the food, the crafty, way better. If you broke at your it place. down, we should probably be it's probably cheaper to cut you a solid check because <laughs> we're throwing money into that fridge if somebody's coming over the house. Charles McBee, um, do you have student loans? I do. I I say say this as a as a joke, even though it's not a joke. But at this point, my student loans are going to have to forgive me. Like that's <laughs> that's where we are at this point. <laughs> We're just done. Like I don't qualify for any of the. I, I, I make too much mm-hmm. uh, to qualify for any of this nonsense. So yep. I'm just I'm just stuck. We're we're at a standstill. Charles One Percent McBee. That's right. Baby. In studio, owns money, doesn't want to pay it. Didn't mm-hmm. you used to do a bit where you say I stopped paying my I finally stopped paying my student loans? It was, I said I, I'd go on stage and I'd say I'm. This is the year where I'm done paying my student loans and everybody claps. And I go, no, I still owe them tons of money. I'm just done paying these people. <laughs> but I accept the consequences for my actions. I understand. Thank you. Because don't you think it's a scam any way you slice it that the bill should be paid by someone who didn't take out the loan? It, I, I just think the way they say it is is a scam. Mm-hmm. Don't say, you know, student loans are forgiven. It's free. It's it's disappear like a yeah. fart in the wind. It's not <laughs> it didn't disappear. Yeah. We're all just going to chip in and pay for it through taxes. Like say it th- say it what it is. I don't like it when they make it seem as if it's something else. Well, yeah. Just give it to me straight. But because well, but giving it to you straight wouldn't be popular. It's like the climate change bill was right. called the Inflation Reduction Act. Right. Cuz right. that's what they do. They take things that nobody agrees with and they pop put them under uh appealing titles. Exactly. Like hey, I'd like to reduce inflation. <laughs> Well, congratulations. You just drove it up by sending a bunch of money to the environmental wing of the party. Right. And that's student loan forgiveness. That's the part that drives me crazy. The Democrats, in theory, might have good intentions, but they're like the friend at the bar who always wants to send a round of drinks to those girls but doesn't have his wallet. (laughs) And the girls don't drink cheap stuff. They're not drinking PBRs. You know, now you're buying those juicy drinks, the 3250. Well, they're the the fun parent. Who gets to say, yeah, why can't we just do it? We can go to Disneyland. Why not? And the, 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 resp- the yeah. responsible parents like, we don't, we oh, no, no. can't afford No, this. no, you go. But and, dad winds up turning tricks behind Space Mountain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a long season, McBee. Nobody goes undefeated. <laughs> I, it's funny. I, we've taken Lincoln to Disney World like three times on a cab driver's salary. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about Disney, this is fascinating, is because Disney really does, uh, as expensive as it is, they break things down in class. You know, yeah. to, that's kind of indicative of like what tax bracket you're in and where you're staying. So, right. like, you know, there everything's named after a character. You'd be like Buzz Lightyear or you know Cowboy Woody or something like that. We took Lincoln when I was a cab driver. We stayed in a hotel. It was called Cruella Deville's Dog Kennel. It was like a <laughs> hundred one Dalmatians themed hotel, but it was affordable for a cab driver. Everybody else uh, was flying off on a spaceship hilarious. or you know, Mary Poppins umbrella. You know, but it was not. Charles McBee's in studio. Talking about student loan forgiveness and other scams. Uh, McBee, you and me are on the air live. We're going to take a quick uh, couple of phone calls. Brad is in Hagerstown, Maryland, probably uh, living the best life imaginable because anything sounds better than New York right now. Brad, we're kind of jealous, just so you know. (laughs) 
better believe it, man. Living it every day. Oh, good for hey, you. Hey, um, just just wanted to join in the conversation, man. I want to just say thank you for for how you're handling this. Um, and I agree with you regarding all of this. But man, when they say that they are helping someone, they're actually they're actually helping people. And I know it's been said before, but I just can't get over this to legally break a contract. Yeah. You know, and and in doing that, now I'm responsible for paying. My wife and I, just the two of us, yep. uh, along with everybody else, is responsible for paying the, off the contract that they broke. So, yep. no, no consequences. Okay. Yep. And I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, what if my wife and I just decided to figure out what that extra tax was, and we just decided not to pay for it because it's I'm not on that contract. I mean, in theory, uh, that they would they're going to come after you because they just you know like multiply the size of the IRS like someone threw water on a gremlin. And yeah, now there's just I, agents everywhere. What yeah, I think I was, would be fair, right? Because there yeah. are people enduring real hardship in this country, and there are yeah. people that owe money on loans that they don't actually physically have the capacity to pay back. I'm talking about health. Yeah. I think if the Congressional Budget Office says, McBee, tell me what you think of this. The Congressional Budget Office says every single American is going to owe an additional $2,000 in taxes because of this bailout. So shouldn't we just have the right to decide which causes we want to bail out? Well, that's I've always said that when it comes to, when it comes to taxes. You, uh-huh. you, you pay all this money in taxes, and then you go, wait, wh- where's the money going? Yeah, yeah. What's happening here? If I could decide where mm-hmm. the money went to yes. specifically and nowhere, I'd feel much more the, way you know better. The, you know what the problem with McBee's plan is, though, Brad? All the money would wind yeah. up at Hooters. That's true. That's yeah. the problem. But it's my decision yeah, is what I'm saying. <laughs> It'd be a lot of – if, if McBee had his way, yeah, a lot of young 20-something milky white women <laughs> that's would, right. would be doing pretty well. Listen, that, Leonardo DiCaprio's exes have to go somewhere. That's funny. What were you saying, Brad? No, I was just, everybody's got their own choice of where it's going to go. But yep. The problem is, is problem is we're being tied without our having a choice in it. And nope. the really thing is, is I I really feel bad for the way that they say that they're helping me in middle income. Yeah. Um, that they're they're really not. No. Because they're not helping me or the lower income. Because again. Um, Dude, he's down. Biden lie. is down. It's a lie because I'm paying for it. Yeah, of course. But but you're paying for it. I know it's it. all been said. I just wanted yeah. to add to the frustration. No, it, it's, it's, it needs to be said from just a regular credible member of society because part of the people who listen to you know a broadcast entity like Fox – automatically just assume I have some like right wing hate motive towards a Democratic politician uh, and can take, you know, my analysis and filter it through that lens. When in truth, I'm just speaking to you as a regular guy who's been broke his whole life and knows it's unfair. And I just am I'm out here proselytizing in the name of fairness. That's all. So, Brad, good call. Uh, McBee is still sending his money to Hooters, though. You didn't sway him. That's true. He wants he's going to pay his tax dollars in singles. You're not getting a check from McBee. Uh, really quick, though, because we're taking on all comers. Donna's in Reno, Nevada, a place I just escaped. Uh, barely, by the way. Don, how you living? I'm doing great. Sorry I missed your show. No, it was for your own good. That was the rowdiest crowd. I heard it was really great. Dude, it was it was awesome because you want to know why? Like everybody who comes to these to to the Carson Nugget, everybody in Northern Nevada, you can't offend them. McBee, you know those crowds that you do, yeah. Where it's, you can say anything you want, and they get that they're oh, just yeah. jokes. Yeah, don't you miss that? It's great. No, I always I, I always tell the crowd. I, I go, listen. If uh, there's a policy, if there's something that you don't like that you hear tonight, take a piece of paper, write it down, and then after the show, take that paper and shove it up your bum. Like who cares? <laughs> it's a comedy club. Well, that's the attitude. You're in my house. That's the attitude. But Don. Out in Reno, Nevada. Okay. 
I, I, go well, ahead. Well, I, I just, yeah, I was just going to make a comment about the FBI. I, I mean, the FBI is always doing these high things, high uh, profile things that they never win. I mean, they lost everything to DeLorean. They bankrupt him. Yep. But DeLorean ended up beating him in court and walked free. Yep. Um, and the, that whole movie, American Hustle, is about the FBI and how power hungry they are trying to move themselves up the, the ladder mm-hmm. and they'll go after anybody they can. And that whole app scam thing was a big farce. Oh, app scams. Um, and, yeah. and American hustle is based on that. And that Christian Bale guy, whenever I see an FBI person now, I used to have great respect for him. Now, mm-hmm. whenever I see somebody from the FBI, I think of Christian Bale in that movie. Wow. That's fascinating. Don, that's a great call. You give us some good analysis and a movie recommendation. <laughs> there you I don't go. know anybody, anybody tops that. Good call, Don. We'll do it again soon. Uh, McBee, he brings up the FBI, yeah. which I'll use as an easy transition to the police. Okay. Biden got out there yesterday mm-hmm. and said they're the party that's always supported the police. The Republicans don't. I don't want to make this a political issue. Let's not even get into the two parties. Let's just get into a, a reality where you were on my show. <laughs> At a time when it really didn't seem like there was a lot of support for the police. Yeah. And you said as a member of the black community, you were opposed to defunding the police. Right. Because you're not an insane person. Right. Was that essentially the rationale? It was essentially. I think by the time I came, no, I, I, by the time we had that conversation on your show, they were they had moved past the fund. Yeah. It was abolished. <laughs> Get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fund, I kept quiet. I was like, ah, that's kind of silly. It was abolished by the time I was on your show. And then, then it was like, all right, the, the chickens have left the coop. What what the heck is going on here? So yeah yeah, but to uh-huh. your point yeah, um, De- defund the police. You understand if it happens or abolish the police. The next slogan is a four word slogan called "Run for your life." Exactly. And like we don't want to live in the purge. That's as, as simple as I can make this for you. And that's the part that's like kind of dubious is that you know we just endured last year a thirty five percent spike in murders nationally. Sadly, always adversely affecting minority communities the most. Right. But they didn't make any move to like, hey, we got to support the cops last year. It's not but sexy. now we're, yeah, now we're two months from the midterms though, yeah. And they realize crime is the number two issue. It's inflation and crime in any order. And now we're like, oh, we love the cops. Well, Biden is now uh, conveniently the Biden that he was before. Yes, when a- he was vice president, when he was senator, when he was all those years yep. before. It's only been since 2020 since he was elected. That he was controlled by the the, the yep. whatever the, people the, are around him now. Uh-huh. They're controlling him like puppets and making him say all the woke things. But now he's seeing his numbers de- uh, deflate, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo, forget this. Let me do what I do and get back to my old swag." And now he's like old Biden again. <laughs> he's like old str- uh, focus group again. Yeah, yeah. Whoever's filling up that prompter in the largest font imaginable. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You know, he did have some policies in the '90s. We could <laughs> pretend he still cares about. Exactly. Don't you think this presidency, in a weird way, it's like an iTunes user agreement? They just tell him to scroll to the bottom and yeah, click, yeah. I agree. That's the prompter. <laughs> That's all it is. Charles McBee is here, uh, the show. He's the head writer for Hell of a Week on Comedy Central. Have you guys had any uh, vice presidential outburst or anything so far this season? Where are we on that? Not yet. Uh, we're, we're still waiting on that. I think we're still on the no-fly list. Uh, <laughs> but but hopefully we'll get some more uh, you know political people to come on. You guys had Don Lemon on? We did. We did have Don Lemon on. Okay. I met him in D.C. at the White House Correspondents' Dinner at, like, the cocktail party. Yeah. And he, know, he actually knows Kennedy through, like, MTV and stuff like that. Yeah. It's fun. It's like, yeah, he was hanging out. What's, yeah. what's amazing is I try to tell people, 
you know, a lot of politics, maybe some of the media stuff's personal. Like Brian Stelter had a real, he had a real standoffish douchebag vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was talking to me for a half hour because he wanted to hit on Emily Campagna. So <laughs> he made nice and we talked about broadcasting during the lockdown and what it's like to be on Zoom and everything in between. Right. And spent all of it with no eye contact from me because he was just staring at Emily Campagna. Yeah, I makes get sense. it. I get it. Uh, she comes by the house, hangs out with the family. I do believe uh, Lincoln's first two words every time she walks in the door are hubba, hubba. So I <laughs> I get it. I understand. Shout out to Emily. She's the best. But uh, Lemon, fine. But in politics, I think what most people forget is it very much is pro wrestling. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The fans beat each other up in the parking lot while the macho man and the undertaker go to Hooters. They, exactly. You know what I mean? And I want people to know, having spent some time around these people, and I know you have, is that most of politics, like 90% of it is one party. Yeah. People don't get that. They just want the lobbyist money, the stock tips. Yep. Isn't it weird that they're expanding the IRS? We're going to have 87,000 IRS agents to maybe potentially audit us or rich people. Right. But the congressmen authorizing this make $170,000 a year but have $30 million in the bank. i got to be honest with you, man. I, I, I don't know what the interest rates are in these banks. And by bank, you mean Bermuda. <laughs> American <laughs> <Right>. Swiss banks, <laughs> other banks. And they're like, no, no, we got to audit these people. Yeah. Well, that's where I think this is headed is part of student loan forgiveness, like PPE and everything else. Uh, and this is how I got audited, by the way, yeah. in this for this third time, um, part, partly because I'm probably on Fox News because the guy did bring it up. But the guy, agent and water me, was very polite. Yeah. But at one point, he committed an unforced error and goes, by the way, he says, you're the most famous person I've ever audited. And I was like, oh, you don't say. But that's what happens when your tax guy is the same dude you were, who worked at your ad stand. <laughs> dude, I'm using TurboTax. <laughs> that's the years problem. Ago. But stick with me. Okay. They give you these government benefits like here's a, a child tax credit yeah. or here's a check. But then they go back and make sure you were qualified to get them. Now, it's a credit you didn't even ask for. But because they sent it to you, it now gives them license to yeah. go in and look if you should have it in the first place, which is basically a phishing scam is what's going on. Yeah. So you're getting audited. No, well, actually, no. You're on Comedy Central, Charlemagne's pretty li- <laughs> fairly liberal show. No, it'll be fine. Yeah. No, I, I, I look, I'm very above board. I'm, I got all my – I'm so Dude, afraid. they're not listening. I know, but I'm so <laughs> afraid of uh-huh. everything when it comes to stuff like that. It's too – the FBI, uh, you know, and and the IRS, like I don't want no parts of it. Yeah, Those yeah, are okay. all, it's like that's the people. Black people say the only thing we fear is God and the IRS, right? <laughs> so I make sure all my T's are crossed, all my eyes are dotted. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But well, I'm very scary when it comes to that. Well, what I'm doing, and if you want to be proactive about this. List on your tax returns that you're a transgender children's stripper. <laughs> I do drag shows for little children. The Democrats, oh, he's cool. All they have to do is come to the Grizzly Pair on Thursday nights. I'll be, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll see, see me in do. all my glory. They'll see the comedy, the comedy stylings of Charles McBay. Um, summer, everything else good, by the way? Everything's going good, man. Can't complain. It's running good. It's season two. Yeah. Uh, the, new, the name of the show now is called Hell of a Week. It yeah. has been a hell of a week. It has been We've a hell of a, a week. We've got a raid on FBI. It's crazy. You know, the Democrats like the cops again. It's Where do you stand on FBI? Are, we def- are you defund the FBI, mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon? No, I, I do, though, have more faith in those guys at theme parks that wore those hats that said Federal Bikini Inspector. <laughs> like, I th- I, how about just more funding for them? 
and maybe we slow the FBI's roll. So the thing is, the FBI has scammed us a lot. That's kind of what they do to get their way. People forget that the FBI is there not only as an enforcement arm of the law, but an enforcement arm of the political establishment. Like, and that goes all the way back to the 60s when you think of J. Edgar Hoover and all the files right. he had on his enemies and people like Martin Luther King and everything in between. Yeah. They're there to keep tabs to make sure that what they want happening in society continues to happen. That's part of the gig. And when you realize that, like, as an American, and you take a step back from the political lens, you realize you're not supposed to trust the FBI. Their job is not to be trustworthy. That's the part people forget. And, um, you know, with Trump, I'm very upfront about the fact if he broke the law in a way that really endangered me and Lincoln and Jenny, of course he should be prosecuted. But you can't just blindly give him the benefit of the doubt because we just had FBI agents criminally charged with lying so we could trigger a Mueller probe. So it's like you can't just be like, well, they'd never do it again. Then you're the idiot, you know. So I'll I'll see how it plays out. But the problem is for me, it's like, all right, so Mueller was going to send him to jail. It didn't happen. All right, Michael Avenatti came along because he banged Stormy Daniels. That could have been a campaign finance violation when he paid her hush money. He's going to jail for that. Didn't happen. Then they're like, Michael Cohen, his lawyer quit. He's going to turn. Didn't happen. Then it was like Ukraine. Didn't happen. We've seen a lot of didn't happens. You know what I'm saying? So I am not going back to the pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin to fly over. Yeah. You know, if you want to call me when he lands, I'll come down to the pumpkin patch. I treat this the same way I treat like when a deal is on the table. Uh Like I tell my agent, like, let me know when it's signed. Let me know. When yeah, yeah, it's yeah. done, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell me about the oh, they're going, they're yeah. talking this, they're uh-huh. talking. I don't care. Let me when it's when the ink is dry, then I'll I'll have a reaction. I'm the same. Show way me with the this. money. Yeah, show, show me the money. Show me the money. He said, uh, "Is the guy who's above board with the IRS mm-hmm. and is not worried about anything." Listen, Mister Taxman, I am <laughs> on your side. All thirty thousand of you, I love you. <laughs> Charles McBee, you can see him this Thursday at uh, District Court. <laughs> Even Wesley, he'll be opening for Wesley Snipes. It'll be great. Good stuff, man. Back after this. Yeah. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. Oh, girl. We were in the bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. The party doesn't have to end. I will be on the evening edit with Liz McDonald at 6.50 tonight. And one hour later, I will be closing the show on Waters World. Judge Janine is sitting in in the host chair, and she is fired up to get back together with me. That is a lie. All right, whatever. Well, I'm excited to be there, and uh, you're welcome to attend as well. But however you spend your evening, the show is over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, I don't care. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.